0: Summer is always a fantastic time at Thrive. It's a fun time. We believe church is a place of fun. Amen? Amen? You guys do sound so serious today. You guys don't like to have fun? We, I believe God is a, is a God who loves to throw a party. He loves to celebrate. And so we've got lots of fun things going on. We're also very serious about God. We don't take ourselves too seriously, but we take God very seriously. And uh, we are so excited because we're getting up into a brand new year in September. That's why in the months of July and August, if you've been with us for a while, you know that uh, you know Pastor JB will often take uh, July and August to really spend time planning and praying with our team about the coming year. Uh, and on top of that... On top of that, uh, you know, we happen to have a newborn in our home who's less than a month old now, uh, and man, we've had a long week. We've had a long week. It's felt a little bit like baby jail, a little bit a little bit just a little bit we love him he's amazing he's a masterpiece he's blessed by god he's destined by god but man it's been it's been a challenging week for us uh but god is good his grace is always sufficient no matter what you're going through his grace is always sufficient and so you know we uh have uh you know a lot of gladness in our heart not a sleep in our not a lot of sleep in our body but a lot of gladness in our heart uh to know that we are here today and the best yet to come if we say amen And so while we're doing all this praying and planning for this coming year, you guys have done an awesome job of loving our church through the season. Uh, And, you know, as we had different speakers coming in, you loved our church. And your commitment to your church is not based on who speaks on the stage. It's based on who Jesus is. Amen. Amen. And that is what makes you guys an awesome church. And we love you guys. And, you know, fortunate for us, we are blessed to have some very high caliber speakers who come in week after week. Today is certainly no exception. We're doing a series here at Thrive. It's called The Call. Everyone say The Call. Because we believe that God has a call on your life. Whether you've ever thought about that way or not, the fact is God has a call on your What is a call? A call is an invitation to live your life for a purpose that's bigger than yourself. And, you know, we started the series last week, and it's talking about what it means to follow Jesus. It's talking about different aspects of what it means to follow Jesus. This morning, we we're very blessed to have Pastor Tom Chin, who's with us. His lovely wife, Sharon, is also with us as well. And would you give Pastor Tom and, pa- and, and, and Sharon a big hand this morning? And uh, before I ask them to come to the stage, let you know a little bit Pastor Tom. And Sharon, Pastor Tom, he is the pastor of Graceville Church, which just meets just down the road from us, a a wonderful community of people there. And uh, Pastor Tom has a very, very fascinating background. Uh, He grew up as a Buddhist, uh, but uh, later on in life, Uh, Jesus changed his life, and uh, he may share a little bit more about that amazing story. Uh, And, uh, you know, he has been a a, a very successful businessman. Uh, In fact, there's a a company, a health product company called Organica, which you may have heard of, uh, which is all about providing natural uh, health products to help people's health. Uh, And at the same time, uh, funny enough, in in a really cool way, you know, Pastor Tom uh, has really been blessed by God with uh, a powerful ministry in praying for people uh, who are sick, uh, who need healing. Uh, and so we're blessed to have him here this morning. Uh, today, Pastor Tom is going to be here sharing about the second aspect of following Jesus. Uh, and we're talking about the call to live by faith and not by fear. Tell a person, give him I have him say, live by faith and not by fear. Can you tell them right, right now? Live by faith and not by fear. Uh, we are so blessed to have Pastor Tom and his love wife Sharon with us this morning and here to tell us more about the call. Would you please give a very, very warm welcome to Pastor Tom Chin and let's welcome him to Thrive this morning. Can we do that together? Praise God. Hallelujah.
1: Can everybody hear me? <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank you, Pastor JB, and thank you, Thrive Church, for inviting us here, and it's just wonderful to be here in the community, amen? You know, how many of you know that uh, the Holy Spirit delights in the saints, the gathering of the saints, the anointing of the saints? All of you are here, and it is through your election that I am here. The Holy Spirit is speaking in me, through me, for all of us, amen? Hallelujah. Thank you. Thank you for the strength that uh, the Lord has given Pastor JB. It's just amazing. (laughs) So amazing. Thank you. Let's pray. Father God, thank you so much that we can gather here. Then we can come to your presence and just give praise to you, and give thanks to you. Father, speak to me in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So today, you know, I just want to, we just got back. Actually, we were out in Malaysia visiting my 98-year-old dad. And uh, yeah, he's he's super healthy and so amazing. Praise the Lord. <laughs> praise the Lord. He's still eating laksa. Those of you who are from that region, you know, he, he goes around and goes in the morning, wakes up in the morning and goes... And it was so good to to get together as a family because you know my son has just given birth. Um, yeah, yeah, you know his wife and him and and uh, and, uh, and, and so uh, sorry I'm a bit jet like still, but uh, yeah, it was just so good to see four generations. You know, like uh, dad, me, my son, and young Noah, who just born two and a half months ago. Uh, so amazing, so amazing. So you know. well, you know, I just want to let you know that, you know, while you're traveling, you know, sometimes you you, like going to Malaysia is like 18 hours, right? So when you're flying, it's like you got not much to do except to watch all those movies, right? Thank God for those movies. It's just like, you know, (laughs) they're recorded movies. So sometimes, you know, like in the past where there was no recording, you go to the movie theaters. How many of you, you know, like movies? You like movies, right? And sometimes, you know, you end up late at the movie theaters, and I don't like that. You know, sometimes you get stuck in traffic or whatever reasons. You know, today you have pre book tickets and all that. But in the past, you know, you, you end up and you're late and you're excusing yourself. You're feeling ashamed, walking through, you know, through people. And, and then you sit down and you miss the first 10 minutes, the ter- first 15 minutes. And then the rest of the movie, you're struggling. Amen? So the thing is, it's a- almost the same when you're reading the Bible. And I'll tell you why. That's why today I want to, you know, I'm preaching, and the title is In the Beginning. So a lot of people, <clears throat> you know, when they read the Bible, they just read one portion of it, and then they go, wow, this is it, this is it, this is it, right? But God gave us 66 books, and there's a reason why he gave us 66 books. And so I want to go back to Genesis today, because, you know, Genesis is, is I love Genesis, because it's in the beginning, right? You want to know something, you got to go to the beginning. You want to know a movie, you got to go to the very beginning. You watch it from the beginning, and then you totally understand what is the heart behind the movie. What is the heart behind his story? Amen? So today we're going to go into Genesis 3, 6 to 19. And, <coughs> you know, it's when, it's, it's when Adam and Eve uh, fell, you know. It's like, and so I'm just going to read a little bit of it, you know. So when a woman saw that the tree was good for food, That it was pleasant to the eyes, that the tree is desirable to make one wise. She took of its fruit and ate. She also gave it to her husband with her. He ate. Then the eyes of both of them opened, and they knew that they were naked. And they sewed fig trees together and made themselves coverings. Verse 8. And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. Then the Lord God called to Adam and said to him, where are you? Listen to this. Then the Lord God called to Adam and said to him, where are you? I feel that the Lord God is still calling to us. Do you know that? I don't know what your names are, but I'm Tom. Then the Lord is always calling out to me. He Tom, where are you? Where are you? Verse 10, so he said, I heard your voice in the garden. and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. In verse 11, he said, who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree which I commanded you that you should not eat? And the man said, the woman whom you gave to be with me, she gave me the tree and I ate. Wow. And the Lord God said to the woman, what is this that you have done? The woman said, the serpent deceived me and I ate. I just included the rest of it, but I'm just going to stick to up to verse 13. You can read the rest of it. But I just felt like when I read this, every time that I read this passage, you know, there's more revelation from God. There's more and more revelation from God, right? I'm just going to share some of it to you. You know, when the woman and man were created, when they were created, they were to be together. They were to be cleaved together in Genesis 2. By the way, there was Genesis 1 and Genesis 2, right? That's the beginning. And so I feel that the man and the woman were to exist to serve side by side in fellowship with God, you know? And the snake knew that. He knew that. So the way to, to destroy that or to try to disrupt that was to break that relationship, right? So what happened? he divided and he conquered. So how did he do it? He made Eve desire the fruit of the knowledge of good and evil. So, (coughs) how many of you know that Satan is still using the same trick today? He's still using the same trick today, right? It's like every chance he gets, he draws you away from God. It's like, oh, the casino looks really nice. You know, you got 40 bucks in your pocket. Why don't you try your luck, you know? And in the garden, when that happened, it started with shame. Shame came upon Adam and Eve. You know that? Shame came upon Adam and Eve. So when Adam and Eve felt shame, they hid from God, right? So verse 10 says, so he said, I heard your voice in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked. And I hid myself. You know, blame started after that, right? So you can you can tell that when, when you feel ashamed, you start to hide. Yeah, you start to hide. So what can we learn from this passage? There are three identifier fears that came from this passage. Okay? I'm gonna go one by one. Number one, fear of exposure makes me distant. So when they were exposed, they start to distance themselves. They start to hide. They start to hide from God, right? Because they felt exposed. We don't want to show ourselves when we feel exposed. We want to cover up. We don't want people to see. Sometimes, you know, at work or in business or something, you, you've done some mistakes, you've made some mistakes, and you want to cover yourself. You don't want to tell the truth. Even in relationship, you don't want to tell the truth, right? You go home and your wife says, Honey, how are you today? How was work? There? Oh, it's great. but you know at work you just fought with like you know 10 different people right maybe you got demoted maybe you did something that you felt shameful and you want to hide you know a reason for that a lot of times even in marriage or job insecurities and all that like it's because we feel we won't be accepted by people if we told the truth if we reveal ourselves, we feel like we won't be accepted. A lot of us have trouble with acceptance, you know. A lot of us have issues with rejection. Issues with rejection from childhood. Unresolved, not healed. So, <coughs> you know, the way I love the way God asked Adam. He says, then the Lord called to Adam and said to him, where are you? Right? It's as if God didn't know where he was. He knew where he was. He just wanted to find out from Adam. He says, Adam, you know, what God was trying to say to Adam was, Adam, man up. (laughs) You're the first. I created you. will you man up? So what did he do? (laughs) Adam's idea of manning up was to blame Eve. (laughs) You know, owning up is very, very important. Right? Transformation only happens when you own up and you're honest to yourself. You know, if you have a tough time at work, go home, tell your wife the truth. Say, I had a tough time. I had a tough time at work. I'm struggling with this. You know, a lot of us, we don't want to tell the truth. We want to hide. We want to give 10%, minus 10% here, minus 20% here. You know, I see that a lot in business. You know, when I go into negotiation, a lot of times they don't want to tell the truth. And so they hide. But you know what I do? I love on them. The moment I meet people, I say, Jesus loves you. <laughs> I don't care who they are. You know, I do that at work. And, you know, the name of Jesus is so powerful. When people feel love, they can operate from love. They don't hide. So, see, Adam and Eve, when they fell, they don't feel love anymore. They're like, oh, man, you know, they felt shame. So if you start hiding 10%, 20%, pretty soon you have no percent left of truth. You're just going around lying. Lying. You know, you can't tell the truth, right? So (coughs) what is the cause of that? Right? What is the cause of that? Fear. Fear is the number one cause for us lying, okay? See, our job is not to fake but to face it. You know, sometimes people tell you, oh, just fake it until you make it. No, no. Man, we are, you know, we got to remember when Adam and Eve, when they were naked, when they were unprotected, nothing to hide, they were authentic. They never compared. Before they ate from the fruit, they never compared. After they ate from the fruit, they start comparing. Before they ate from the fruit, they were just celebrating. They were just celebrating. After they ate, they start comparing. See, our greatest need is to be loved. Our greatest fear is to be seen for who we really are. You know? And fear does a lot of damage to your relationship. Adam and Eve, they, fear sh- <laughs> they had fear of shame because they disobeyed God, right? They disobeyed God. How many of you know that if you continue to carry that shame, you'll be easily embarrassed? You'll be easily embarrassed. You know, sometimes people will do anything to avoid embarrassment. Like sometimes, you know, like Pastor JB was saying, come on. Come to this event. Come to that event. And you're like, "Mm, I don't want to because I might be embarrassed. Right? I might be embarrassed. This is actually unresolved shame. So when you put value in shame instead of Jesus, you become self-conscious, nervous, easily mortified, fearful, of humiliation. Those are all signs of shame. Right? So you cover up. You cover up. You try to conceal it. And some of us are still trying to cover up our shame by using humor. Sometimes we, we use humor to cover up our shame, right? So, <coughs> a lot of it today you see in society, they're covering up a lot of stuff through Facebook, Instagram, you name it. All social media. It's a way of covering up, you know? Social media is good. I'm not anti-social media. I'm just saying a lot of it is, is covering up. You know, especially when you don't feel love, Right? And then you post a picture, and as you're just waiting for how many lights? Amen? You're just waiting for that. How many of you know that you're already accepted? Your pastor has said to you that you're already accepted, you're made whole. Right? So, <coughs> the more you fear, the more fear you have, the more you distance yourself from God and people, the more you try to hide. Right? This is what Jesus is talking about. Like, I feel very strongly. Jesus is saying, like, there's 100 ships in 99. You know, he had to leave 99, go after the one. The one, actually, I, I feel very strongly. The one feels shame. That's why he left. You know, left. So afraid to tell people that he or she is who, who, she, who he or she is, is like. And so afraid that people may not like her. So, <clears throat> number two. The number two thing we discovered in this passage is that fear of disapproval makes me defensive, right? Fear of disapproval makes me defensive. What happened? What happened to Adam after he became, first he was excusing, right? And then after that, he became an accuser. (laughs) From excuse to accuse. Okay? He started to say, well, the woman you gave me made me eat from the tree. Blame God and blame the woman. Wow. Right? Blame God. Here's God asking him, just gently say, hey, what happened? The woman you gave me. Beautiful. (laughs) So, this is a stage where you no longer go into hiding. Actually, you start hurling, right? You, You go from excusing to accusing. The stage where you start to point finger. In relationship, you find that. A lot of times, you start, you know, you start uh, excusing yourself. Oh, this happened, that happened, that happened, that happened. But then, when the shame and the fear is so intense, you start to go from making excuses to accusing. You find that? Sometimes in your relationship, if you find that in your relationship, we need healing here. We need to know who we are in Jesus. Amen? So, What happened? Then the man said, the woman you gave me, right? And then the Lord God asked the woman, and the woman said, well, the serpent, the serpent, right? The serpent deceived me, and I ate. People start to progress to this stage where they start to attack out of fear. Out of fear, right? And the third third fear that we discovered here is that fear of losing control makes you, makes me, Want to control. Makes me demanding, right? Fear of control, right? You want to control. So Adam and Eve, they were kicked out of the garden when spiraling into fear of, you know, of, of losing control, and they start controlling. Same with parents. Sometimes, you know, we tell our kids, you know, like, you know, you shouldn't do this, shouldn't do that, shouldn't do this, shouldn't do that, you know. Why are we doing that, you know? Why are we doing that? We need to check our hearts, Right? So the more out of control, I feel the more controlling we become, right? The more dominating, the more demeaning, more fighting, and you start to push for your way. So what removes these three fears, right? One antidote, which you guys touched on today, earlier on, the love of God, God's love, God's love, man. Learning to live in God's love is the antidote. I'm going to read from 1 John 14, 4, 18. I don't know if it's up there. But there is, no fear in, there is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out all fear. Because fear involves torment. Remember this. Fear involves torment. But he who fears has not been made perfect in love. He who fears has not been made perfect in love. Wherever God's perfect love is, there is no fear. There is no disease, no demons, no death, no shame. How many of you know that? Wherever Jesus went, Jesus is love. He cannot teach you love. You want to know love, you got to get to know Jesus. Amen. Wherever he went, demons came out. Wherever he went, disease left. Shame left. He would go into places where people felt so shameful. Or shame about, you know. The Pharisees would say, oh, why would you want to hang out with these people? You know. Why do we want to hang out with tax collectors? We need to get rid of fear by dwelling in his perfect love. That's what we need to do. Fear is the opposite of love. Fear is actually faith in the wrong God. Fear has no love. Okay? So, (coughs) a lot of us, when we fear, we hide. We hide. Right? So, what are the three things that we should do? How do we overcome that? How do we live in the love of Christ? Number one, surrender. Surrender. Now, i tell you a little, uh, I'm running out of time here, but I'm going to tell you a little quick story. You know, September 14, 30 in the afternoon, 2012, I surrendered to God. Now, what do I mean by surrender? You you guys may have said, well, I've surrendered to God. i received Jesus. No, I'm sur- I surrendered to God in the spirit, in the mind, and in the body. And in that moment, that time, I was like taken out in spirit. And I saw myself leaving, and I was sitting in the pews, and I went to a place in the throne room. It was so bright. There was no shadows. I was so freaked out, so scared. But our God is so faithful. He came beside me and he hugged me. And his son, he said, son, do not be afraid. I love you. And I smelled this beautiful smell. Intense. And I look up and I saw the glory cloud parting. It's not like the clouds that we know. It's different. And then the empty cross, bam, I was back. And I look up. I was at a service with like a thousand people. People all running to the front. I said to God, at that time I said to God, I said, I'm just surrendering to you from here. From here. And that happened. And when I looked up, what I just thought felt like a few seconds, but when I looked up, 40 minutes had gone by. Worship was over. Worship team was just putting things away already. I was so afraid. But you know what happened? The next day, I heard his audible voice. It was like worse for me anyways. It was like, yeah, did I die yesterday? And today I'm going crazy. Like, why am I hearing your voice? And he said this. He said, The smell you smell is the smell of my peace. My peace will be with you from today till eternity. Now share that peace and heal. I said, you have the gospel of Jesus Christ. I understand, but, you know, what do you mean by heal? And the Sunday, my youngest son, Gabriel, he plays ice hockey at Minoru Arena. He got injured on his right knee. So they called me. I went to Minoru, and I I drove there, and they helped him into the car because he couldn't walk properly. And for the very first time, when he came into the car, for the very first time, the Holy Spirit touched me tangibly on my left shoulder. How many of you know that the Holy Spirit is a person? He touched me tangibly. He said, turn to your son and heal him. Same voice. I didn't know what to do. I turned to Gabe. I said, Gabe, would you like to be healed? Gabe looked at me. He said, are you taking me to the hospital? I said, no, I'm going to pray for you. And he looked at me for so long, man. So long. Finally, he said yes. You know, when he said yes, his heart was open. When Jesus talks about the sowing, uh, the, you know, the, the, the seeds, the farmer that's, you know, and you see, the, the incorruptible seed of God, his word, is always fertile. It's whether our hearts are fertile to receive that seed or not. You know, the way Jesus told us, the farmer just scattered the seeds just like that. The farmer is the father in that parable. He wasn't like, okay, well, here's the fertile. I'm going to look for this. I'm going to look for this. No, he's just scattering because he knows. It is up to you. Whether your heart's going to be open. When the heart is fertile to receive the incorruptible seed from God, it's going to grow. It is going to grow. So what happened? What happened? Gabriel said yes. His heart was open. I just laid my hands on him. Be healed. Named Jesus. I didn't know what I was doing. I drove home. He jumped out of the truck and ran to the house. The very first healing. Ever since Gabe, I've been traveling the world. Thousands, I don't keep count because all glory belongs to him. Amen? And how did that happen? I've seen, you know, I'm telling you, I stand before you. I stand before God. I'm telling you, blind eyes have opened, crippled, have walked. Three times we were in India, one child they brought, I was at a pastoral conference speaking there, and one of the pastors brought, you know, just brought the phone up to me and says, Pastor, I want you to pray for this child. He's dying. In that moment, I had to be like Peter to step onto water. You know that. Step. That's, That's the call from God. If you're still waiting for the call from God, you know, how many times have you seen people call out and And you go, you know, I don't know if that's for me. Man, your heart's closed. Open that heart of yours. That soil is not fertile to receive the incorruptible seed. That call is always there. So when the woman handed me the phone, the pastor, he goes, Pastor, will you pray for this child? He's dying. His stomach is swollen and he's like two years old and he's high fever. He's dying. I said, you know what? Put the phone or tell them in, in Hindi to put the phone on that child on the other side and give me your phone. I took the phone and I said, be healed in the name of Jesus. And I gave it back to her. Next morning, she came into the conference. She was screaming. I said, oh no, what happened? <laughs> you know. She goes, pastor, that child is healed. Hallelujah. I mean, you feel so joyful, right? You feel so joyful. But you know, how many of you know that the Lord wants to surprise you more? From glory to glory to glory to glory. Amen? You know what happened? The next time when I went for a conference there, she came up to me and she goes, Pastor Tom, can I speak? Can I testify? And I thought she was going to testify about that child. I said, yeah, do that. She came on stage and she testified. She says, because of that one healing, the entire village came to know Jesus. That is the miracle. The healing is just an invitation for you to have an intimate encounter with the Father. And how did that happen? When you surrender. When you surrender. And number two, you got to remember his goodness. Remember his goodness. Every time you walk from glory to glory, you remember that and you share that testimony. Do not be afraid to share that testimony the way I shared it with you today. Here. Right here. Because it's the truth. My wife is here. She saw it. If you continue to share the testimony of Jesus, (laughs) the testimony of Jesus becomes a spiritual prophecy. Revelations 19.10. It is all His testimony. It is the Holy Spirit that is healing. He's waiting for us because He wants us to enjoy in His glory. He wants us to partner Him and go, Wow! 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 From surprise to surprise, if it's not a surprise, you plan it. I get surprised. I love that. I love that when God surprises us, right? But you gotta remember, right? Surrender and remember, and then lastly, you need to share that. You need to share that love. The third thing, if you experience the love of God, you need to share that. Now, after you open up your heart to answer that call. You need to share that. Right? Share with people. Tell them how good our God is. Do not be afraid to tell people of the name of Jesus. I'm telling you, I've been to, you know, I got invited to India one time by the Agriculture Minister of Canada to, to, to go to New Delhi to the High Commission of Canada to speak to diplomats and different people of of influence. And then they nudged me and said, Tom, go up there and speak of products of Canada. I went up on stage and I spoke of the children of India. Because prior to that, I was in Mumbai. And the paradox of Mumbai is that you see all these high-rise apartments, million-dollar apartments, next to it are all the blue tops, all the shanty towns that just go on for miles and miles and miles and miles. It's called a paradox of Mumbai. I felt in my heart, man, this injustice. The way Jesus felt. When you move with the love of Jesus, the compassion of Jesus. You know, Jesus felt compassion when he saw those people hungry, man. You know, when he, he, he multiplied the bread and the fish. He felt compassion. So I spoke of the children of India. And you should have seen the whole room, all jaws dropped. You probably were thinking, get that guy off the stage. He's not talking about products. He's talking about children of India. That's embarrassing. Remember the shame? No. After that, all the diplomats came up to me and they said, Hey, Tom, who motivated you to speak of the children of India? Jesus Christ of Nazareth. I'm never ashamed of my Jesus. Never. 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 Before September 14, before I surrender, yeah, I'll be talking about, you know, whatever. Profit margins, this and that, EBITDA, You, those of you in accounting, you'd know that. But today, I just tell people about my Jesus and how beautiful he is. Amen? So I want to leave that with you guys. I'm, I'm past my time now. I'm not quite used to it, but this I'll call up Pastor JB and just
0: take over from here. Bless you.
1: In Jesus' name.
0: With every head bowed and every eye closed, I just want to lead you in a time where we can respond to God through prayer, through surrendering our hearts and our lives to Him. Today, Pastor Tom brought a powerful message about how fear can damage our life, our relationships with God and with people. Talked about three times of fears that Adam and Eve went through, three kinds of fears that we can often go through. The fear of being exposed, The fear of being disapproved of the fear of losing control and if you are here and you have to be really honest with yourself not hiding anything not faking it but facing it realizing that you know you struggle with one or more of those fears if that's you today and you fear being exposed that if you somehow told the truth or if somehow you revealed who you really are that somehow people would 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 distance them from you so you distance yourself from them first or maybe you're struggling with being disapproved of, you're always concerned about what people think of you, or you struggle with losing control, you fear that if you don't be demanding, if you don't hang on to things the way you so tightly do, that somehow things are not gonna go well, or somehow people are not gonna be happy with you, and so you just keep on hanging on to that control. If that's you in this place, then I'm gonna just invite you to respond to God, believing that his love, his perfect love, drives out all fear, that there's no love There's no fear that is greater than his love, that his love, when you surrender to it, can drive out the fear in your life. That his love, when you respond to it, can drive out the fear in your life. And so right right now in this place, if you, you realize that you struggle with that fear, one of those fears, more of those fears, then why don't you just raise your hand to heaven today and we're gonna believe for breakthroughs this morning. believing that God is here and his perfect love is here to drive out that fear. Why don't you raise your hand to heaven on the count of one, Two, three, I want you to raise your hands to heaven today. Raise a high to heaven. Let the height of your hands reflect how much you just want God to come and break through in your life this morning. And just from your heart and your own words, just start talking to God this morning. Say, God, thank you that your love is greater than my fear. Thank you that your love is greater than whatever fear that, that hampers me today. just want you to start talking to God this morning. Surrender it with him today. Give your heart to him today. Just start talking to God, church. Start talking today. He loves you. He's listening, start talking today from your own words, from your own heart, start talking today. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, you, God, the one who drives out all fear, the one whose perfect love drives out all fear. We give you praise today. We give you praise today. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. We remember your goodness today. We remember your love today. Your love which is stronger. Your goodness, which is stronger. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Father. Why don't you pray this prayer with me today? You can say, Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, I surrender to you today. Surrender to you today. I open up my heart and say, Let your perfect love come and drive out the fear that has been in me. Fear of losing control. Be driven out in Jesus' name fear of being disapproved of be driven out in Jesus name fear of being exposed be driven out in Jesus name thank you God that whenever I proclaim the name of your son Jesus over my life your love takes over and fear goes away let me live in your love and not in that fear thank you Jesus thank you that because of you The best is yet to come for me, for my family, for my business, for my church, for my community, for my marriage, for my city, for my health. Thank you, Jesus. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Would you give God a big hand, a big shout in this place and give him some praise this morning, church? Come on. Come on, church. You're way too quiet. Give God some praise in this place.